chapter one of Ruth, right? We left off talking about the importance of timing, and at the end, they are um, coming up with the time of the barley harvest, okay? Um, does anybody know what a barley harvest is? Was that discussed last week? You guys know what that even means? Yeah, somebody says, isn't that like wheat? Yeah, it is wheat. So essentially, huh? It's like what harvest? Bread harvest? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's so important that like we really understand the times um, when we're reading the word because obviously it was written in a different time. At least these things were happening in a different time. Um, and so it's helpful to understand, right, what's really going on. So we're talking about people who farm and that sort of thing. I know nothing about farming, okay? Like, I do not have a green thumb at all. I refuse to get flowers because they will die, okay? <laughs> My mom has a green thumb. She has a little garden in the backyard growing her little stuff. But when we understand farming, we kind of have a little bit of a, a greater understanding as to what's really going on, okay? So now... This is, is not that difficult, but in the same way that we go, we go to the store, right? And we go buy bread and we go buy rice and whatever other things, fruits and vegetables, we just go buy these things. But there are people who actually have to do the hard work, right? To actually grow everything and the soil's gotta be right, the temperature's gotta be right for these things to grow. And then once it's done, there's a harvest, which means they collect all the things. And then depending upon what crop it is, it has to be taken care of in a certain way so that it can be shipped to the stores for us to buy and then eat and then the cycle continues, okay? So when we talk about barley harvest, this is a time where there is a lot of grain, right? And people are going through and harvesting this grain. They're going to pick the grain. Has anybody ever been like fruit picking? I've gone to like an apple, I don't know, they're called apple farms, but I've definitely been to like one where you get peaches and that sort of thing. Has anybody been to one like that? Yeah? Yeah? What picking? Cool, okay. Yeah, so there's, it's, it's really fun. If you guys ever get the opportunity or bored and get the chance to go, just do it. Go find some place, pick some strawberries, pick some fruits and stuff. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, and most of the times, that fruit be real good, okay? Um, so. All right. So in this scripture, we're going to talk about chapter two, right? And in chapter two, we're going to see that Ruth is going to meet a man named Boaz, okay? So if everyone can please turn to Ruth chapter two, if you haven't already, we are going to go through the scripture and we're going to break it down, okay? So let us start, okay? Verse 1. Y'all following? Okay. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Okay, pop quiz. Who's Elimelech? Someone said the king. Thank you. Alimelech. 
is the husband of Naomi. Good job, ding, 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 for those who answered correctly, and for those who didn't. Okay, yes, Elimelech is Naomi's husband, okay? Now, remember, he died, right? Okay, good, awesome, we're following. So, verse two, and Ruth and the Moabite, oh, sorry, and Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in, the, in whose sight I shall find favor. Okay, so Ruth is asking Naomi to go out to the field to go get some grain, all right? Verse three. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech, okay? All right, so for those of, who, who knows what gleaning means? Pick up after, that's exactly what gleaning means. Um, if you're to glean, okay, if you ever hear that word, it's, it's check it up in the dictionary. Glean means to pretty much gather the leftovers, okay? So when we go in our fridges, we're gleaning, okay? Even the leftovers in there, we're gleaning. <laughs> um, so, um, did I say something that was confusing or? Okay, I heard a hmm. All right, so that's what gleaning means. They just want to pick up what's left over in the field. Can I have someone turn to Leviticus chapter 19? Oh, awesome, okay. So Leviticus chapter 19, verse nine to 10. And I need you to read that for me. Leviticus 19, verse 9 to 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up, it, up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sorrowing. And the Lord your God, amen. All right, so. All right, so this scripture, okay, if you ever hear about the book of Leviticus is the book of the law. There's a lot of do's and don'ts in that book, okay? So in this book, we find the scripture where it talks about gleaning. There are instructions for people who harvest and in the instructions, it pretty much says, if you drop something, leave it for the poor, okay? So it's kind of like, I don't know, I guess the best I can kind of put it, like, it's, it's, it's a way of keeping, looking out for those who don't have much, right? Who aren't able to go and glean. So if you're picking from it and something drops on the floor, the instruction is you don't pick it up. You leave that behind for those who don't have, you know, whatever, and then they're able to come and get the leftovers, okay? Um, so that's what Naomi here, oh, sorry, that's what Ruth asked to do. She asked to go and glean, because at this point, right, the, all the sons, the husband, they're all gone. 
um, they're poor. They don't, they're, they're not really living on much. And so she's able to go and glean, take the leftovers that people have left behind, and that's what she's asked to do. Um, so another thing that I really wanted to highlight, highlight here was that we see that Ruth was really taking initiative, okay? She could have sat at home with Naomi, kept her um, company or whatever, but she was like, no, you know, I would like to go out and, and go get some grain. Go and pick some, some Harley. Uh, Harley, wow. <laughs> Barley. Um, and at that point also, um, Naomi gave her the go-ahead, okay? If you turn to, I need somebody to turn to James chapter 2, verse 17. James 2, verse 17. So you see, faith is by itself. Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Amen. Okay, so, um, and then 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 3, but verse 10. Um, Second Thessalonians chapter three verse ten. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this: if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Okay. So in James, we see the scripture that says, um, "Faith without works is dead." Okay. A lot of us, we claim faith in God and all these things, but if you're not actually doing something about it, the, the scripture says that without works, there's really no faith, okay? And then also in 2 Thessalonians, it pretty much says that if you don't work, you don't eat, okay? So these are scriptures that I wanted us to know, first of all, are even in the scripture. I don't know if y'all ever heard this, but my mom will always <laughs> I'm like, no, if you don't work, you don't get to eat. Oh, I'm not. But um, no, it's real. It's in the word, right? It's in the scripture. So this is good stuff um, to know. So we see that here when Ruth had the initiative to go ahead and ask to go in and get um, some food, she was working out of faith. You know, they didn't know what they were going to do. They're in a foreign place. But by faith, she was like, let me just go ahead and, and get some food for us. And also, she was willing to work hard, okay? Um, and Naomi, seeing Naomi, she's, she's a, I mean, she's her mother-in-law, right? So she's a figure now of, of guidance. She, she reached out to her to ask her as to what to do. And she, Naomi gave her the guidance and gave her <clears throat> the okay to go, right? So I'm wondering, this is a, you don't really have to answer, but you know, if it's important to sometimes think like, who do I get guidance from? Do I have anybody in my life I feel like I can get guidance from? Um, you know, ideally it'd be nice that it'd be our parents, but sometimes I've just, some situations are a little more complicated, okay? So that's just real. But um, you know, if it can be your parents or your aunt or your grandparents or somebody that you know that has um, first your best interest at heart and also knows the Lord to kind of help to guide you in certain things that you know you can go to. 
um, is, is very important. So, um, okay, so now we're going to move to chapter, sorry, verse 4. Verse 4 to 7. Okay, and um, back to Ruth. We're in chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, Who was in charge of the reapers? Oh, who was in charge of the reapers? Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is a young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest, okay? Um, verse four, I thought it was very interesting that Boaz, it says Boaz came from Bethlehem. Is there anything at all that sticks out to you about Bethlehem? <laughs> Thank you. It's where Jesus was born. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And just so happens that Boaz is from Bethlehem. What a quinky dink. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, wow. Yeah, so we see a parallel here, right? Okay. Um, Reapers, okay, it talks a lot about reapers. Reapers are just the workers in the fields, okay? So it says that um, he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you, and they answered, the Lord bless you. From this tells me a little bit about Boaz's character, right? We see that he has a good relationship with his workers. He treats them well. Um, with respect and they, they really do have a good relationship. So then he asked, he said, whose young woman is this? And the servant said, sorry, and the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and pretty much gave the description of who Ruth is, okay? Now, what I find very interesting is if you just think about it in perspective, right? You have Ruth. She's just doing her own thing. She's trying to get, you know, food for herself and for her mother-in-law. And she's willing to put in the work. And they're living by faith at this point. And that's what she's doing, right? But now, there's this guy, Boaz, who's taken notice of her, right? She's probably, she's a foreigner. She probably hasn't been there before. Um... And so he starts to ask the person who's in charge of that field, who's this young girl over there I see, you know? And at that point, that worker was able to give um, Boaz a report. So Boaz is like the boss, okay? That's the best way I can put it. Boaz is the boss. Then you have his subordinate who's like the supervisor, okay? <laughs> so the supervisor's on the boss, hey, that's uh, this 
girl from Moab, okay, she has no idea she's being watched. She has no idea. Now, not in a creepy sense, okay, but she is being watched. She's been taking notice of. And I thought it was very interesting, too, that the supervisor, the reaper, he said, so she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Not only was he able to ex tell the boss, Boaz, who she is, was able to speak to her work ethic. Now like, yo, she's been here <laughs> working her behind off, okay? How many of us can say, or may even know what somebody may say about us? What kinds of impressions? How are we living our lives? Are we living it in such a way that somebody who may, you may not even realize, may be watching you, can say some good things about you? Maybe they'll say some not so good things about you. But it's important to remember this. And we, the fact that it's in scripture, and we just know, y'all are young now, but it's very important that you, that we all carry ourselves well, because we are being watched. People notice, okay? So we're going to go ahead and move on. Verse, verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth. So at this point he comes. He sees he's now talking to Ruth, okay? Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one. But keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they meet, that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Okay. Um, just very briefly, for those taking notes, I want to encourage you guys to listen to as we're going through the scripture, things that you want to take away, questions to make, to ask yourself, you know, um, put those things down in your journals, in your notebooks, that you want to have initiative. You know, initiative is important to have, um, like Ruth had. Find somebody you Really listen to somebody who you feel can give you guidance because it's what we need. Write that down. Um, and also character. Character is very important. So make sure you guys are writing these things down, okay? Um, okay, so here we see Boaz is talking to Ruth and he says, okay, so I want you to stay in my field. Don't go to any other field. We got you here, okay? 
So tells her to stay and to stay with the young women. Um, then he also continues to say, he says, have I not charged the young men not to touch you? Now, from here we see that anything can happen, right? She's probably a young, beautiful girl. And there are all kinds of people going to reap harvest. And we specifically see that Boaz has directed the men in his harvest not to touch her, okay? In his field to leave her alone. Because I guess there, you know, maybe some issues there. But. Um, and also says, and when you're thirsty, Go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. She don't even have to go draw her own water, y'all. <laughs> okay. Um, so here, and if we also want to remember, like, the correlation, if we're looking at Boaz and we're thinking about the correlation with Christ. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> A correlation, the correlation with Jesus. I want you guys to write this down in your, in your notebooks, okay? Boaz looked out for Ruth. Didn't know her from nowhere, but looked out for her. Provided her with companions, the young women. Those are people that she could like talk to, befriend, you know? Give her companions, protection, Made sure that the other, you know, guys weren't going to mess around, fool around. And also gave her, offered her refreshments. If she was thirsty, she may have to fetch her own water. She could just drink the water the men already just went to go pull. Okay. And so from a natural sense, we see that he extends this kindness and that still also goes to speak to his character. Um, he knows her situation, right? But also knows that there's nothing he can get from it. She's taking this stuff to go home. So even though he's not getting anything in return, he was still willing to, he was still so kind to her, wanted to give her everything she possibly needed at that time. And in the same way Christ does with us, you know, he's, even though sometimes we don't know it, we don't see it, he is protecting us. He's trying to surround us with people that are, are good for us. Um, and anytime when we're, we're parched or thirsty, tired, he's our source where we get refreshed from, Okay. So if we continue with uh, verse 10, it says, Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. 
and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, speaking to Boaz, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. So here we also see Ruth's response. What are some words, what, how do you think she responded? What are some words that you can attribute to her character, her attitude? She was, yeah, curious, okay. But did somebody say something? Oh, okay, what are some other things that you can speak to to her character. Like you can say she is. Anybody? No? Humble maybe? Hmm? Thankful? Yeah, thank you. Yes, she's thankful, she's humble. We see her heart here. We see that you know, she's going through a lot, she's doing a lot, she's working really hard, but in all humility, she bows down to him and is like, oh my goodness, what could I have possibly done for you to treat me this nice? Like, you don't know me from nowhere, I'm a foreigner. Back in those days, sometimes if you were a foreigner, they would just treat you like crap, you know? Um, so how many of us in here feel as if you know, if this had been your situation and you've been working real hard and somebody find like Boaz comes and gives you all these, you know, things, he really takes out for, um, promotion, yep, looks out for you. How many of us would be like, it's about time? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, some of us probably would. Like, I've been working so hard. It's about time the Lord finally blessed me. Okay, that's not the heart we want to have. <laughs> okay. Um, Ruth had a very humble heart. She wasn't looking for anything in return. Another thing, too, is that We know that Boaz is an Israelite, okay? So when he's talking to Ruth and he's telling her about, it says, the Lord repay you for what you have done. He's blessing her. You know, he's blessing her and saying the Lord, and he's talking about the Lord, the God of Israel. I'm not even really sure as a Moabite, as a, a woman that wasn't from Israel, I'm not even sure that she even believed in the God of Israel. Right? But he's talking to her and saying, may our God bless you for what you've done, what you're doing, and to be rewarded in full. 
okay? And she was thankful for that. So, I want you guys to continue writing in your notebooks. That you wanna have a attitude, how many have heard of this? Attitude of gratitude. Who hasn't heard of that? Okay, that's good. Yeah, attitude of gratitude, okay? We always wanna be grateful. So Boaz is gentle with her. He's kind to her, even as a foreigner. Now, show of hands. How many have ever been in a situation where Maybe you're at school, maybe you're at church, maybe you're at work, maybe you're at whatever extracurricular activity you do, and there's a new person in the group. Show of hands. Hi, up, 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 okay, okay, all right. Now, of those who raise their hands, how many of you guys can say that you are welcoming to this foreigner? We'll have to talk about that, Mabel. That's okay. Welcoming, okay. So, now, now, okay. Thank you for that. Now let me ask this. How many of us in this room have been the new person? Up, 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 up. And of those whose hands were raised, thanks Ephraim. Um, how many of, how many of us with our hands raised had an experience where you were welcomed by maybe a classmate or whoever else? How'd that make you feel? What'd you say? Special, normal. I heard one of y'all back there. Brent, did you say something? Thank you, Ephraim. Normal? Oh, okay, thank you. Right, so, okay. <laughs> so, some of us have had that new person in our classes or wherever we were. Other people have been that new person. Some of us have been both. Some of us maybe have never experienced either. But we see here in the scripture, right, if we can take the example from Boaz, we see how kind he was to a foreigner and how he looked out for her. These are things that we should take home with us. How do you treat whoever's new? And how do you wanna be treated if you're new? I remember in fifth grade, we moved and it was the most nerve-wracking experience of my life. Like, I had already made my friends. I was having my sleepovers. It was great. And then my parents just decided to up and move. And I was like, what? And then the school didn't have walls. They had like these divider walls. And then you can hear everybody in all the classrooms. I was so confused. <laughs> it's like, where am I? I want to go back. But... It was nice because there was a friend of ours, actually when we moved to that neighborhood, 
it was a, a girl like several houses down who literally like rang our doorbell and she was like i heard you guys were new to the neighborhood and i just wanted to welcome you guys she was like our age group and it was so nice like i forget i think she brought us i don't know if she brought us like cookies or something but it was just so nice and we literally play outside with her and it was just great until she moved and that was kind of sad but still still it's these are things sometimes i think we don't take the time to realize the impact it makes and not only does it make an impact these things are reflected in the word of god christ invites us in we need to learn how to do that with others and i get it some of us it's easier to do than others okay it's easier for us to be as welcoming and open than some others and that's okay but be real with yourself listen to your heart and try to be that person try to be that welcoming person because if you were the other person if you were that foreigner you know you'd want somebody to welcome you in right and ultimately it's why it's what christ does for us so let's keep that in mind okay okay so now we're going to go to chapter oh sorry i keep saying chapter four uh verse 14 okay so we just wrapped up um boaz is talking with ruth ruth thanks boaz for all of everything he's been doing okay so verse 14 says and at mealtime boaz said to her come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine okay so she sat beside the reapers okay the workers she is a foreigner she does not work there but she is sitting with the workers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over when she rose to glean so she finished eating she's getting back up to go and work again when she rose to glean boaz instructed his young men saying let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her and also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her okay what do we see here what's happening What'd you say? <laughs> no, I couldn't hear you. Uh-huh, she finished her meal. She's about to go glean. <laughs> uh-huh, to glean among the sheaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. Uh-huh. yes thank you so the very for me at least what i felt was really important to see here was number one she was not a worker like i said before but she was invited like one right she was treated like one and we already see that his relationship with his workers they have a good relationship and so she was able to eat with them some people just come do the stuff they got to do and leave with no food but he 
he invited her to eat, okay? So remember, he offered her water and I was also offering her food, okay? And one thing I thought was really interesting too was he tells his people, he's like, when you guys are, you know, doing your work, just let some fall just by, you know, just let some fall on purpose so she can go grab it, okay? Thank you. Okay, thank you from. So, so, um, right. So we see here that he really is favoring Ruth at this point, okay? Not only is she there to glean and pick up the stuff that's there, he's also telling his men hey, just let someone fall on purpose so she can take more home, okay? And that is huge, you guys. That is huge, huge, huge. Okay, we're gonna go to verse 17. Let's look back, verse 17. Okay, it says, so she gleaned in the field until evening. Till evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. Okay, so remember she, when she ate, she left some behind. She saved some for Naomi. She kept Naomi in mind. Um, and we see that she continued to work the rest of the day, right? Now, when I looked up at Ephah, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but essentially what I saw was it's about 22 liters of barley, okay? I think it said like, yeah. I don't know, the best way I could just, I don't know, that's just me, but I kind of like pictured like, two liter Cokes and picture putting grain in it. <laughs> you need like 11 of them. <laughs> anyway, it's a lot, it's a lot, okay? She got a lot of stuff. Um, so here we see that even though, yes, Ruth was blessed. Yes, Boaz, you know, God blessed her, Boaz blessed her. She had favor. But she worked really hard for that, too. So she worked from morning all the way. I'm like, at some point, is it just me? It sounded like they were roaring. Like, I don't know, I'm just hearing growling over there. Um, but worked all the way from morning to night, okay? She really, really worked hard. So you guys, we need to work hard. We gotta work hard, we can't just some of us, I don't know where this mentality came from, but this entitlement mentality where it's just kind of like, you know, I deserve this and I should get this and I should get that. I'm at fault for it too. You know, those are things we have to check our heart. We've got to work. Said no work, no food. Yeah? That's what the scriptures say. That's <laughs> what the scriptures say. Okay. So... She came home and she blessed Naomi. Now, um, 
we're going to, I think we're, we are very close to the end here. We're going to read verse 19, okay? It says, and her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Okay. Now at this point, I just want to say, because I think I was a little bit confused. I don't think Naomi remembered of a Boaz. Okay. So we see verse 20. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken, forsaken the living or the dead. Okay, she is really excited at this point. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth said, oh, and Ruth the Moabite said, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be, ins you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Okay, so we're gonna go back a little bit and quickly break this down, okay? Now, let's focus on Naomi a little bit. Naomi, she says, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. If we go back to chapter one, right? Do you guys remember Naomi's attitude at that point? How do you guys remember Naomi was feeling? She was bitter, she was upset, sad, discouraged, empty. Verse 20 in chapter 1, it says, She said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Then it says, Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calam calamity upon me? Okay? So here we see, Naomi was so discouraged how can God allow this to happen? My sons, my husband are all gone. Right? In one foul swoop, they just gone. She was so discouraged. But then we see, but then we see a turn of events, right? Where she says, she's pretty much so excited because I 
she's starting to see what God is doing, okay? She's starting to see what God is doing. So again, here's that guidance. She then continues to tell him, I'm tell Ruth, you need to go back to that field and stay with those young women because we want to make sure that, you know, nothing bad happens to you. She said, make sure that um, lest another field you may, you may be assaulted. So pretty much saying like, you've been getting so much great care here in this field with Boaz. Don't go anywhere else to go and try and find more stuff. Just stay right there. Okay. And it says she stayed in that very field until the end of the harvest season, right? I don't know nothing about harvest seasons. Like I said, I don't farm or nothing. But I'm sure that's like months, okay? I'm sure that's several months. Um, so, can somebody turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 28? We're about to wrap up here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Who's there? Thank you. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have called according to his purpose. Thank you. Okay, so, um, right. So even though we have a situation, right, where all these terrible things happened, we see now in, verse, in chapter two that things are changing. We see that the Lord has not finished with them. The scripture says all things work together for good for those who love him and are called to his purpose. Right, and so we see that God is not through with them. Um, yeah, so now, um, stay tuned for chapter three, and we'll see what's going to happen next. Um, but for those who are writing in their notebooks, I want to make sure that you guys are putting down, you know, what we what we just went over and what we discussed that you want to make sure you're listening to those giving you guidance. Parents, parental figures, okay? It's very important. Um, and that we focus on our character. We want to make sure we have the character of Christ. Everything that we do and everywhere that we go. Okay? So, I am pretty much done here. Can I have just three people just tell me what they learned today? have to have initiative. Thank you. Go ahead, Brianna. Whatever you draw from, leave it for the poor. That that's what they did back then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh-huh. Find somebody to give you guidance. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Well, does anybody else have anything they want to add? Oh, um, we have Nicole. Oh, and then we, we got you. Um, you shouldn't feel entitled to anything. Amen. Thank you. Princess? Character is very key. Yes, character is key. Um, you should um, invite others 
like, be welcoming to others. Yep, thank you. Good job, guys. Any other guys whose hearts may be burning and just want to say something so badly? Good catch. I have the attitude of gratitude. Repeat that for me. I have the attitude of gratitude. Oh. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. I forgot I turned this off. All right. So we're just going to close out a quick word of prayer, and then we'll continue on, and I will pass the mic over to Kevin. Okay. All right. Father, we thank you so much for this word. We pray that everything that we discuss, Lord, that we'll remember it, we'll keep it in our hearts, and we'll be able to apply it to our lives. We want to continue and learn and improve and try to be more like you. We love you. Allow us to continue to keep learning. Thank you for second chances. Continue to give us a second chance. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.